chapter seventeen of transition this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox dot org transition by emma frances brooke chapter seventeen to sheridan's friends his brilliant success in his first electioneering campaign was a wild occasion of congratulation lucilla was the last to hear the news it was conveyed to her by the lips of d'auvernay and it fell as an overwhelming blow not till then had she realized how her heart had played with the false hope that sheridan would come over to the anarchist party and throw in his lot with the declared foes of society honora's attitude in face of the event was amusing that vigorously practical person was little troubled with disquieting ideals her ideal had vanished with charmides and she was now thoroughly satisfied with the commonplace work-a-day world of course said she when leslie threw his cap up in the air and informed her what had happened i am exceedingly glad to hear your news it seems to argue less revolution and more sanity in your proceedings the date of sheridan's election to parliament was the end of august but circumstances had so arranged it that both honora and lucilla were in town at the time it was now more than a year since honora had entered upon her duties as headmistress but during that time her school and her work had prospered exceedingly from the moment in which she had under lucilla's influence thrown aside the shackles of the crude and fastidious notions which had been the furnishing she brought home from the university humanness of the type consistent with the rest of her character developed she was adored by her pupils her capacity for helpfulness was rather genial and kind than tender but it was eminently to the point the truth was so capable had she proved in her administration of affairs that already the pleasant messenger promotion had reached her and the reason of her own and lucilla's early return to town was that they were both making preparations for a move to a much larger and more important school to which honora had been appointed headmistress margaret henderson was duly installed headmistress of the one she had left while lucilla was to be established as honora's first mistress in the new one honora had only been able to snatch the briefest holiday at the seaside before she returned to town to make necessary preparations lucilla looking very wan and overworked was with her the promotion and the wider scope of work were too deep a delight to honora for her to be able to feel tired or too much dashed by the early return she was in splendid health and all her best instincts of wholesome self-realization were satisfied 
lucilla's new appointment was of course honora's own doing the girl with her far more daring intellect and far more original character had never lost the fascination she had exercised over honora from the first but if honora's intellect was not so daring it was really more powerful than lucilla's she was no follower of any eccentric will-o'-the-wisp lucilla on her side never lost her dancing mockery of the more prosaic nature the two were friends with a difference and certain topics and certain portions of lucilla's life were closed between them concerning home and her father honora heard from time to time not only through a regular correspondence tender on his side gently respectful on hers but from leslie a tacit understanding existed that leslie was to furnish her with news and it is probable that the old man's life was better filled by these occasional visits from the sympathetic young man full as they were of encouragement congenial interest and the only news that was news to him than they would have been by the constant presence of an uncomprehending daughter leslie often surmised but seldom learned what modification of view honora was taking as regards that event for a long time he was unable to detect any alteration of her demeanour towards it any approach to a grasp of her father's meaning one day however she dropped a significant remark i seem to see said she timidly a coincidence of idea between my father and mr sheridan there is the same warmth of feeling as regards the oppressed or i might perhaps say the poor and unsuccessful the same unshaken conviction of some particular burden of duty laid upon them and both seem to have in their minds some great directing conception which holds the whole together and gives it consistency on my father's side it is the church on mr sheridan's the community one day early in september at the very beginning of the autumn term honora stood in the bow window of her pleasant sitting-room the new school was in one of the large london suburbs and the outlook from the window included some trees and even a stretch of something that once had been green and lustrous but which at the present moment looked brown and sodden and chill for it was a drippingly wet day and the pavement oozed with damp and streaks of mist clung in the air lucilla was with her she sat at a table with books and papers before her who would imagine that little more than a year ago i thought i was resigning every hope when i left home and came to london to a high school exclaimed honora looking out on the gloom with a sunny wholesomeness that overcame it ah it is a good thing a mark of wisdom to find one's element now i never have done so replied lucilla honora turned from the window and walked to the inner part of the room disclosing a face that was serious and concerned and yet you taught me that wisdom lucilla said she i'm afraid you hamper yourself by peculiar views she added knitting her brow as to that in london it is one's privilege to think what one likes 
no honora it is not what one thinks or even what one does it is what one is but began honora in eager partisanship of all sincere true beings just so returned lucilla dryly i never could be adroit with circumstance my natural veracity is inconvenient and circumstance is my haggard foe honora approached the table and caressingly touched her friend's hair lucilla appeared to shrink as one does who is too consciously in need of consolation then she rose pushed aside her work and went to a low stool by the fire she sat crouched down with her elbows on her knees and her chin in her hands honora she suddenly exclaimed when they said that curses come home to roost they said it wrong it is prayers not curses that come home to roost what prayers aspirations our maddening aspirations the man who had scales before his eyes was very happy honora he did not think so no poor wretch he sought healing after that no doubt he saw things only too plainly she stared fixedly at the flame honora stood doubtfully by the table her brown eyes softened by questioning sympathy she was at a loss to understand lucilla's mood as she had been on many an occasion during the last twelve months it was impossible not to note that the girl's gay mockery ran more and more into bitterness and that her dryness had changed to a passionate sadness there were evidences of failing strength the cheek was too thin the eyes too large the slight frame always slighter the blind man who asked for his sight was a fool she repeated stubbornly i do not think so returned honora they say it is quite possible that we are in a sense blind that we may have extra senses latent within us and that in process of time they may pass into activity imagine opening new doors of perceptiveness she shuddered honora with her solidly stately step walked to her chair on the other side of the fire and sat down i should be glad said she it would be new power some of us would always be ahead and training the others does that exhilarate you it would leave one with a greater burden of character imagine having more of that she laughed her teeth twinkling in the firelight between her lips but there was not much mirth in it of the many spectres she continued the worst is one's own character there is no hope of ridding yourself from it you are always hobnob with it it rises in the night to appall you to tell you exactly what it requires of you and precisely why you are predestined to failure it sits down by you in the lonely evenings it takes you by the arm and walks with you out of doors it is a ghastly companion it is just yourself said honora oh no it is not i can imagine my consciousness accompanied by quite a different set of qualities all training all self-discipline is the hope of this but it does not come true 
honora leaned forward and looked at her friend with a searching and kindly air there was something medicated in her eyes i find my work such a refuge such a safeguard when troubling thoughts like these come said she then she leaned back in the armchair, her hands folded on her knees and prepared to listen further just so said lucilla like the ostrich we hide our heads hoping the furies will not see where we are yet i never found a book so absorbing well said honora seeing that she paused that it could spoil the inward assurance i have that-that i am predestined to quarrel with my friends dear lucilla you can avoid offences not in the least if you happen to be inconveniently veracious veracity need not be offensive you can think the truth you need not always say it lucilla laughed again into the coals in addition to my veracity is my inconveniently devoted heart there is no offender like that did you ever hear of the passionate pilgrim shakespeare's asked honora oh any one's she leaned her breast up till a thorn and there sung the dolefulst ditty or was that a nightingale whatever it was honora i am convinced that he or she had been telling their particular friend the truth oh by all means avoid that exclaimed honora lucilla's eyes once more laughed into the fire this time with real humour in them though her lips were grave honora how successful you are of course one is never wholly satisfied returned honora feeling that it would be indelicate to clap her hands any more in face of this evident discontent you are something very near it now you possess this school a fine opportunity for useful work and you have a large salary and you have friends i think you touch them lightly at any rate you keep them i see you sitting before me with a wise and amiable face your brown eyes kindly and patient and your large hands so very capable and i do not wonder that you keep your friends leslie for instance once i quarrelled with leslie said honora quickly the occasion the garden and the summer evening her own voice and leslie's came back to her vividly it was she added because he told me the truth when i come to think of it there you are returned lucilla now i know that he was right said the other and you have forgiven him you begin to bless him perhaps oh dear no said honora firmly ah that is right don't quarrel of course what is the use if you have friends keep them but avoid in particular loving them i don't think i am that kind of woman said honora dubiously we never know what kind we are until the plough turns up the soil but you have all sorts of chances don't throw them away what are my chances asked honora the personal turn in the conversation softened and agitated her 
lucilla seemed to be speaking out of some deep knowledge that endowed her like a new faculty and the sense of success dwindled in surmise your great chance is that you have got your foot well planted on the earth keep it there perhaps however the beauty of your case is that you have not got it in you to remove it lucilla's eyes sought her friends in half challenging mockery but still i warn you don't be a passionate pilgrim and listen too curiously for the thrills of life and the inner significance of things don't play too much a spiritual invisible drama don't in short be a seer and a poet if you can possibly help it it is killing work i've always thought you very poetical lucilla said honora gravely lucilla sprang suddenly to her feet with a light laugh and stretched herself with her arms thrown above her head guess what i'm going to do said she well what i'm going right back to town straight away to study all day at the british museum what a blessing these saturdays are oh lucilla i wanted to keep you for the weekend impossible i'm off in an hour's time i shall be at my desk with my nose in a dictionary and a sad array of dry volumes by my side adieu oh won't you stay to lunch honora spoke with some anxiety lucilla merely shook her head and began in brisk activity to put away her papers and books and then to throw on her hat and cloak she had reached the door and seemed to be going suddenly she turned back looked at her friend with a long startled gaze as though she saw her for the first time kissed her heartily and was gone take care of yourself lucilla cried honora to the empty air End of chapter seventeen